Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers to 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hour. It is a very special episode because uh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to call this the best of the decade episode because yeah. we're not going to give you a straightforward list or anything. We're just going to talk in general about just the really exciting genre stuff that we experienced this last decade. Yeah, I mean, I'll bring up like, this is my fault. I'm not capable of making a succinct <laughs> list. I was trying to hide that from everyone and <laughs> not blaming responsibility. you. Um, Perry's very like firm in her decisions and capable like, of making a, a small like list of best of the decades. I am not capable of something like that. But I also thought it would just be fun to sort of talk about the decade as a whole and like what it's always easier to see trends when you're further away than we are. Yeah. But I certainly think we can still spot some of them and discuss them. And and my 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 picks for best will come out through that yeah. conversation. Just to just to give everyone a little explanation of I feel like why these lists come together so easily for me yeah. is my my I, I know we go with best of the decade, best of the year and all that for probably SEO purposes more than anything. But my lists are always favorite of the yeah. year, favorite of the decade. And what winds up happening is most of those titles usually are the movies that I watch on repeat over and over and over again. So those titles come to mind very, very quickly. But because of that, there are very few recent releases on my list. It's typically things that came out in 2017 and before, and I'm I'm just, I'm really not ready to include certain other releases on the list. Oh, that's interesting. Which which is, prob- again, problematic for creating a best of the decade list when technically yeah. these last two years are included. Yeah, they, they sure are. So it feeds into yeah, your like mentality and why we shouldn't be making a list right of the now. Decade, right? Yeah. I can't do math. That's probably wrong. I don't, I don't know. Don't ask me about math, please. Um, but first, before we even get into that conversation, I believe we have a giveaway for you we fine do. folks. We do. We do. We have a new giveaway. Our December giveaway is appropriately bountiful for the holidays. Um, we have 
Yeah, I'm so... I really loved how you said that. Go ahead, <laughs> hosting things. Um, yes, we have six... Two people will win codes for six digital downloads from Shutter and RLJE, and they are some good ones. Ooh. Yes. Um, so we have Mon 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 Monsters. I think that was the appropriate amount of Mons. Uh, the Wrath Boar Christmas Presents. And these two I'm super stoked to give because these are two of my favorite movies of the year. Tigers Are Not Afraid and One Cut of the Dead. Yes. Two very lucky people there. So good. So um, if you have not seen those you are in for a real treat i haven't seen three of these but mon 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 monsters is also very cool um but yes so we will have a tweet going out like and retweet to enter and we will we will get in touch with the winner and you will be watching two of the best movies of the year very soon can i ask you a random holiday movie question just because when matt was here while you were in brazil we talked about uh deadly games have you ever seen it I think I'm a little obsessed with it now. It's on Shudder, so. and Matt was explaining to me last week that it, it's the first time it's being released in the U.S. because Shudder, you know, yeah. snatched up the rights They're to the it. Best. You have to watch it. Though. You have to watch it. Okay. So whether we talk about it on a witching hour so we could just talk about it casually in the future, I just want you to have <laughs> all the fun with that movie like we did. I will. No, I um, no from 1982. It's like horror Home Alone. Okay, no, I have not. Yeah, it's it's the it. it's the early eighties. And if you if you in fact Google Deadly Games, it's not even the first well, thing to come it, up because it, it has like a whole bunch of different titles. I think ah. it's also called like Dial Code Santa and like a whole <laughs> bunch of. It's got it's really it's got tons of titles and it makes it cool. very very confusing. But I think it's called Deadly Games on Shutter. Well, your enthusiasm makes me quite excited. I'm, to check I'm it very out. enthusiastic about All that right. one. All right, it. so do we want to jump into this conversation? Let's the, do the it. Best, Let's the try. best of the decade. Let's try to confent- confront 10 whole years in horror okay where do we begin well i want to know were you actually able to choose a number one like oh is my, your list ranked no really my, so my list isn't fully ranked but my number one is a done deal can i guess it yeah the conjuring yeah yeah okay. i that i don't know it's just not only okay again going back to my list making a lot of my choices are also very personal the conjuring is a fantastic movie. It is so expertly crafted. It is a great movie all on its own. But I feel like The Conjuring was just very important to me the time it came out as a horror lover because I feel like that's when we got a genre shift and more acceptance of the horror genre than we ever had. And mm. I will just never forget that summer of being able to celebrate a horror movie I love so much with so many other people that I usually wasn't able to discuss horror movies with. And I don't know. Like I was on the set of that movie. Hmm. I like I got to watch them make that and I got to stand in the basement and that movie made me so fascinated by the Warrens and I read the demonologist as that movie just bled out into my life in yeah. so many different ways. And then still to this day, I can watch and rewatch that movie over and over and over again. I I love it very much. It's I can't rank. I'm so I'm not. Our brains are quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, it It is like in my, you know, my letterbox, I have 100 movies I picked, which was hard enough in its own <laughs> right. Um, but it did end up being one of the first 10 that came to my mind. Yeah. Um, it, it's always, when I talk about favorite horror movies of recent years, it's, it's pretty much always the first to come to mind. It's, it's a wonderful film. And that's one of, you know, when I was trying to think, putting together the notes for this episode of like, what were the trends that I, I at least from, you know, our very close up perspective, I felt were obvious. Two that I thought kind of went hand in hand were like, 
the rise of supernatural horror. Not that it's ever not been popular, but this last decade yeah. has been filled with it. There yeah, are I mean, so many haunted house movies, so many ghost movies. I mean, so look, many the two paranormal. biggest franchises, Conjuring and Paranormal Activity. Exactly. Um, and, and Insidious. And Insidious. And then you have things like Hereditary. And you have, I mean, it's just, there are so many of them. But I also think that part of that is, like, what I wrote in my notes is, like, the James Wanification of horror, which is, like, um, actually not, okay, so that's an interesting counterpoint. Like, hereditary, I would say, falls into one of the other trends, which would be, like, the A24-ification of horror. Yeah. Or, like, um, elevated horror. That's a that's a real trend yes. too. Speaking of which, this is a good time to work in another one of my favorites yeah. of the decade, Green Room. Oh, I love Green Room. I I really I really love Green Room. Everyone knows I was on the Green Room train full force my <laughs> yes. first my first year out here and that is another one that I watch over and over and over again. I just love the style of that movie. Yeah, so I I love I mean like when I talk about the James Wanification of horror, I definitely mean that like Industry-wide, I think we've seen other people try to do what he does, and Mm -hmm. nobody does it quite as well as him, but also within the constructs of the Conjuring-verse. That very much has become, it's like, an outrageous moneymaker. It's yeah. one of well, the biggest forces in horror. He's also defined what we often refer to as the New Line style now. Exactly. The house style there. It's, exactly. it's his style. Yes, and so that that's interesting, and I'm curious to see, like, how long that endures, right? Especially as his his career, he, well, his career continues to go in different directions, but he always comes back around to horror. I do wonder if, as far as the New Line house style goes, I wonder if we're going to see that shift with The Conjuring 3. Yeah. Whether it's Michael Chaves mm. doing a little something different with The Conjuring 3 that makes it stand out. Oh, you have something to say. I sure do. Okay. They showed footage from it at CCXP. Um. It looks, what, did they, what did they show? What part of the story? Not like they didn't show scene. Well, they show some snippets, you know? Okay. Um, so they showed like a guy walking on the road who I'm assuming was the guy who killed the other guy um, or killed the person. I'm not super familiar with the story. It's the devil made me do so a story. The cool thing about the, this isn't cool. This is bad for the people yeah. involved. But what makes it a really interesting story to tell on screen is it is the first trial where I think the defendant was claiming demonic possession okay. for why right. this individual committed murder. But it the the story is a young 11 year old boy was possessed. They put him through a number of uh, exorcisms, and then when the demon leaves him, it's because. Um, it's because the guy who committed the murder was sent like, come to me instead. And he did. And then that guy killed his landlord and that's what he was on trial for. But the Warrens were involved. So it's right. like, tell me if I'm wrong based on what you've seen, but it's, and this could be the worst idea in the world. What I'm about to say, I said it on a movie talk too, but wouldn't a really fascinating thing be if you flipped the possession movie on its head where the exorcism wasn't at the end, but at the beginning. And then the second half was like a crazy courtroom drama, but like a horror version of a courtroom drama. That's interesting. I mean, I don't, that's not like, again, it's just a teaser. I didn't see enough to know anything about the structure of the film, but um, they definitely like put the, the murder and the ghosts up front okay. uh, in the promo footage. And I will say that um, what the, like the sort of core scene they showed was um, the Warrens in the mortuary, I'm assuming with the landlord, or I couldn't be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's trying to do her 
Lorraine Warren thingy and touching the body and then things get super spooky and he's like, let go, let go, let go. But she's like in some trancey thing and then the body's all bloated and gross and like coming towards him. I don't but it's like she's also still holding on to the body. So something funky's happening. There's like yeah. a, a ghost version that he's seeing. But the reason I thought of this is um, I think you might be partly correct in terms of like the the look of it. It definitely still looks in the Wanniverse. Okay. Um, but it it had, I don't know, It I'm guessing this takes place in the 80s because there was definitely a flourish of 80s fashion. Um, and I forget the exact year. It looked almost, I'm trying to find the right word, but it's like, you know, I feel like the Conjuring film, especially the first one, almost leans in a sepia-ish direction. You know what I mean? Like 81. really warm colors. Yeah. Um, this looked colder. Hmm. Um, and, and it looked really well shot. And I think that both of us agreed on La Llorona yes. that, that you, whatever you could say about the movie is that it was well directed with probably an inferior script is what I would say. Um, and I, I really liked how all of this looked. And mm-hmm. it's such a shallow thing to say, but I really did. And I did notice that the color tone seemed a little different. So my prediction as far as the future of the New Line house style goes, it, it hinges on on this. I think yeah. it's either going to go in a different direction. I also think that the success or the failure of The Conjuring 3 is going to redefine The Conjuring universe as we know it now. Yeah. I think that is just going to set the tone for the movies that they plan thereafter. I I mean, how could it? Not, but then at the well. same time, you're still coming off of like, what are they doing with the nun right now? Because that's their biggest earner yet. Um, so it's all it's all in progress, I guess. You don't, we'll see. You don't need double nuns like that. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought that that movie that movie was fine. I thought it played fairly well as yeah. as a movie that made you feel like you were walking through the through a haunted house with the characters. That doesn't necessarily mean it had the strongest story. So as far as an origin story for the nun, for Valak, for however you want to refer to the entity goes, it didn't really do it for me, which then does not make me want a sequel. Yeah. But I was fine with that one experience that I had. Yeah, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to have one. I know. I know. No, I money. know, I know. And, yeah. you know, for all I know, it could turn out to be an Annabelle-type situation where David Sandberg just really wowed yeah. me with creation, where I was not into that first Annabelle. I mean, it was a different case with The Nun, where The Nun I kind of liked. And Annabelle, the first Annabelle, I was freaking... I mean, look at how highly I talk about The Conjuring. And then the next movie after that was Damn Annabelle. Yeah. I was pissed but then <laughs> Samberg completely turned that uh f- that part of the franchise around for me it's true i it'll be interesting to see in the next day decade where that um where that franchise goes and how the james wanification of horror continues because he was uh you know he was a huge heart part whether or not i i don't think saw fits in this genre the first saw mm-hmm. but it was a huge part of creating the sort of the torture porn yeah. it was a like a co-author with hostel yeah. almost. well um, i feel like and that and, went out of fashion in this decade so and i wonder Eli roth kind of went hand in hand with yeah. that stuff so like will this version of james one's influence go out of fashion in the next decade the way that torture porn sort of went out in this one i mean the cool thing would be if james one kept coming back putting new things in fashion I, like I would love if that. If he's done it twice already, why not another one? Yeah, I I have I have faith. I think he's a singularly gifted individual and in giving audiences what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's interesting you brought up Green Room as like sort of the A24 example because one of the other things I was thinking was a trend this decade was sort of, um, and it ties into the torture porn thing, um, the reversal from like fear of the other to more fear of the self. Mm. And like the enemy is us, the enemy is our culture, the enemy is ourself. Um, the enemy is a bunch of fucking racists who lock you in a room. But guess what? They're Americans. They're not people that you go to another co- country and get tortured by. You know what I mean? Get out. Us. us. Invitation, mm-hmm. which is on my list. It's on my list. Um, what else did I have in that category? Because there are so many good ones. But all of those would be on my best of the decade that you just mentioned. Uh, yeah, those are, are firmly in my oh, list. The Purge? like Oh, my God, yeah. Come on. Oh, wow. What a... I mean, that's like a fascinating uh, conversation just as far as the decade has gone for that franchise. Yeah. I mean, really, just I, I, I still can't believe how my opinion on that franchise completely changed. And, you know, I actually I, th- I think that the first Purge, the most recent release in that franchise, as far as films go, I thought that was a pretty well constructed film. I agree. I was not happy watching it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that was the intended effect, but it, it's just me not loving that one the same way I loved the first one is just, it's just fascinating to watch a franchise grow with, like, the real state of the world and seeing how your yes. response to a movie evolves with it. It's It's just really interesting. Well, I feel like almost the first one... Like, it helped popularize um, this whole, like, the enemy is us thing that I'm talking about. And, um, but it was also made in the fashion of last decade's popular yes. home invasion style movies. Whereas by the time we reached the first Purge, a.k.a. the last movie, um, it has now become a fully 2010s exploration of society mm-hmm. and the ills of who we are as people, which is a lot less fun. Yeah. It's an in- you're right. It is an interesting journey for that well, franchise. It's also an interesting choice for a franchise as, yeah. as far as appeal goes. I mean, that, that was a very, like, a deliberate shift. They, that was a choice they had to make, you yeah. know? Like, you had this, this first movie and then a second movie that... You know, those were horror crowd pleasers. Totally. And then they go a different route. And part of me applauds them for having the nerve to make that shift, even though it turned out not to be for me as much as the first two were. But I I don't know. I'm just dying to see where they go with this now. Yeah, I'm interested. And um, I guess this is not relevant to our conversation. I guess Ethan Hawke's going to be in an episode of the Purge series. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like I I, uh, I fell off of that. I do this too. I, too. I, I need to stop. Here's a resolution for me for 2020 <laughs> to stop, to stop, stop watching series halfway through after I've completed an assignment and to actually finish the damn series. Ah, it's just because we had Jessica Garza come in and yeah, she was yeah, yeah. wonderful and I was very into the uh, into the series. But you know what happens with what we do? Then it's on to my next There's thing, and stuff. I have to make time to watch that show instead. I mean, to be fair, like, I enjoyed the first season. I haven't caught up on season two, but I feel like if you had to watch it, you would have. Like, you watched all of Succession, and that was already off the air. That wasn't for work. So if you had to watch it, you would have. Yeah, Succession had a very a very special, like, obsessive quality to it, yeah. for me at least. Um, but in this, like, category of the enemy is me, myself, us, our culture, like the other movies I thought that I really love that kind of fit in that mold we're obviously annihilation which i think is a perfect film about self-destruction um black swan is very much in that wheelhouse um unsane is like can i trust myself can i trust my sanity it's a good one um 
the killing of a sacred deer is like I destroyed my life. I have to pay the gods. Like, oh, that movie! There's yeah. so many visuals from that movie that are just seared in my brain. Oh my life. god! Seriously, so many. I love that movie and hate it. Um, <laughs> and the Babadook is another one that's mm-hmm. it's internal. It's inside your house. It's yours. I think the Babadook is probably one of the most effective in that respect because yeah. I feel like anybody can walk away from that movie and maybe not directly relate to what Essie Davis's character is going through, but know that like they have a Babadook too. Yeah. And what is that Babadook? Yeah, exactly. I just I think it's a really it might be my favorite trend. Of all the ones I was thinking about, this, I think that, like, of all the films I just listed, Annihilation, The Invitation, The Babadook, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, I would say Hereditary and Midsommar in different ways, mm-hmm. both are, even though Midsommar is about going to a foreign land, it is also about isolation yeah. and, and cultures that destroy themselves and relationships that destroy themselves. Um, us, Unsane, Black Swan, these are, like, my... F- some of my top most 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 favorites it is an especially meaty theme to explore too and it also gives a movie more opportunity to stick with the viewer yes and i feel like in so many cases that's that's what winds up like those movies are the ones that wind up on list those are the movies that wind up uh, getting talked about for years and years and years even well after the release and you know those are also the kind of movies that can challenge viewers to rethink how they behave in life and when movies have that kind of impact on on a movie going public that's that's kind of a, a special quality to have yeah for better or worse there's like a power to it too right because like yes the other is inherently terrifying. That's very primal mm-hmm. and very, it's always going to and always has been that way. But the fear of the self, like, there's no escape from that. The Babadook, it lives, like, you can't, it's there. Yeah. You are you. You will have to deal with your shit. Get used to it. And I think that's that's an added power to that type of horror is, like, you cannot run away from mm-hmm. yourself. No, absolutely. Um I don't think I've told you that Us has really grown on me over the year. Not that I disliked it. You know, yeah. I gave it a positive review, but it's really stuck with me. It makes me happy. I think it's really fun. I just rewatched it because, you know, we're putting together all our top lists and quite enjoyed myself. Fairly certain that is a lock for my top five. I'm, I'm not feeling, surprised. I'm feeling very confident in my top five. I'm feeling especially excited about how many South by movies have really Mm. stayed up there because you know we talk about this every once in a while you have the high of seeing a movie at a South by premiere but then you got to like rewatch it and really sit with it and us in particular just keeps growing on me and Pet Cemetery I know it's not a popular opinion but Pet Cemetery has pretty firmly stayed in my top 15 at least for the year um it would not be in mine but I do still really like it um I I Obviously, as is the theme of this episode, I'm I'm not at all comfortable with my list and never will be. And the idea of five in general makes me so angry because we do ten on the website and even that is like, how dare you? Well, I end up I end up making like a legit ten anyway, yeah. but we're gonna do the top five on Collider Video yeah. and then on my personal channel I'll do six through ten because it, I don't know. For some reason <laughs> the top ten feels complete to I me. Need- I need 25 so, a year and 100 for the decade. I, I stress, That's not how math works. I stress to no end about what winds up on this list because I do yeah. get the, the feeling that like it's set in stone and like yeah. this is a thing that everyone's going to take so seriously. But I feel like one of the things that has made me feel better about looking back on old top tens is just viewing it as a snapshot of wherever I was at that time. Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing about a single movie that you might have loved on first viewing and then years later you're like, what was that crap but you know like 
we grow and we change and our taste changes. So oh, yeah. when what I was your one, you told us recently on a, a recent episode, your one that you were like, how did that happen when you really looked at your old list? When I, oh, <laughs> it was War Horse. War Horse. That's War it. Horse right, right, was right. my number one movie of whatever that <laughs> year was. And, you know, as someone who is very sensitive to bad things happening yeah. to animals, I was very surprised. It's, you know, admittedly not really a movie that I rewatch very often anymore. But for whatever reason, that year I was extremely high on War And I I vividly remember seeing War Horse a number of times in theaters, watching my DVD screener quite a bit, and also, like, desperately seeking uh, tickets to the stage production. I wanted to go so, so badly, and I couldn't get my hands on affordable tickets. Uh, I was so upset. But then I had the movie, so it was okay. It's okay. Uh, That that is funny. I mean, that's a healthy way to look at it. And frankly, um, we should not stress out about these as much as they do. It's not like we're trying to raunch a locket. Mm-mm. Nope. Jet lag lives. <laughs> you spoonerisms, yeah. and it made me so happy. Um, I don't yes. think you could have said anything better in this moment. <laughs> I should take really long flights and not get a lot enough sleep more often. You need to watch the new episode of Ladies Night we have coming out. Okay. With Car- I don't. It's not going to be up by the time people can listen to this, but it might be up tomorrow, uh, Friday. Uh, but right before we started, I forgot what happened, but spoonerisms like naturally came up, and I freaked out <laughs> and so the whole opening of it is her singing a ladies night song and calling it nadies light and it just <laughs> like made my day of course it did that is exactly <laughs> your shit <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so glad i could delight yeah yeah um, you, you you put the good vibes out in the world today i think people appreciate it tell me another one another one yeah all right i want to go with uh one that you're not expecting okay um Actually, you're very well aware of this movie for a specific reason. So uh, one of the first Toronto International Film Festival movies I ever covered in my life was a very small movie called Backcountry. Oh, yeah. It is a movie about, uh, you know, two individuals who go on a hiking trip and they are attacked by a bear. It's just like it is a very, very simple present uh, uh, premise. It's a very small movie with limited performers. And it was uh, Adam McDonald's first feature. He also did Pie Whack It, which I think is a great watch. But that movie just, I mean, something of that, that movie has the Jaws effect. You can't watch something like that and then go back into the woods camping for, for the next time and feel the same way that you did before because it's a freaky thing. And that bear attack scene in that movie might also be one of my favorite scenes of the decade. That is just such a well-constructed sequel. It is downright terrifying. And I, I don't... I don't take fears like that with me. I don't really jump in the water and think of jaws or, or go into the woods and think of an animal attack like that. But like, there's certain visuals in that sequence that again are seared in my brain for life. But that movie is one of those that I I watched a number of times. That's a movie where whenever I'm talking about hidden gems, I'm fully confident recommending that movie to anybody. And what was it? Was it my interview with Adam that just kept coming back? So uh, this is a weird (laughs) Collider trivia. Um, Perry did an interview with Adam McDonald for this film, and it is consistently every year since stayed in our top 250 stories of the year, which is very <laughs> hard to do, even with a brand new interview. So that's very impressive. And actually, I have a new piece of news for you. Um, it's, I, it's apparently been way too long since we've talked. Um, I watched it. I finally watched it. I, I, sorry, I just got yeah. so confused. So I was just looking up uh, Adam's uh, 
IMDb page, and the movie here is listed as Blackfoot I was going Trail. to bring what? that up. When did that happen? It's not, um, that's not something you can really find an easy answer to, because I think it's still uh, backcountry on Netflix, which is where I watched it. That wasn't always the case. And this is, I've visited this page a couple of times. I mean, I covered yeah. Piwacket, so there's no doubt I was here when I was doing that, and it was not called Blackfoot Trail. I'm telling you, it's... Um, Nope, it's backcountry on Netflix. It's I'm hmm. not sure what's going on there. Okay, but it is. It's good. I liked it. Well, I'm glad we put both titles out there so people could find it. But yeah. I, really, I really do truly believe that that right there is one of the best movies of the decade. Horror it's, movies of the decade. It's really good. It's um, emotionally effective, and Jeff Roop and Missy Peregrine are great in that. Like both. that's that's the kind of movie also that really needs that chemistry between the two leads. Yes. To get you super invested, and they just achieved that well beyond any expectations I had. What I really liked in the writing of it is how stupid they are, and understandably so, and how she knows every step of the way she's doing the wrong thing, and this is so stupid, and he's such a fucking asshole, and you still care about them yeah. both, and they they kind of both know they're being that way. Like, mm-hmm. he kind of knows he's an asshole. She kind of knows that they should not be taking this trail uh, but they love each other, so they're doing these stupid things. Um, yeah, I, it worked very well for me. Piwacket, I liked. They're both quite mean movies. They are. They're and they're extremely different. Yes. Uh, woodsy. They're both woodsy. They're both woodsy. <laughs> as far the as the woods were very popular yeah, this as, decade. In fact, they really were. The I, witch. Um, what's cabin in the woods? Cabin in the woods is on my list. Oh, that's definitely green room is list. woodsy too. Uh, Green Room is Woodsy. What's the one I'm trying to think of that was would not make my top 100, but I do like quite a bit. What's give me um, give me a couple of descriptors. It's on Netflix that just came out a couple years ago about oh the ritual, friends. the ritual. Yeah, very Woodsy. Wow, I'm happy how quickly yes. I got to that. <laughs> <laughs> the ritual is quite good too. Uh, it is quite good. There are so many good movies this year. That's what I'm, I'm this year. Well, this that decade. too. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. Like that's why I freaked out trying to come up with an actual list. Um, Backcountry. I did not expect that, but I like it, and this is something that I was like, I would like to see be more of a trend in 2020s because I don't think we had enough of them or creature features. Yeah. And um, we had some survival movies, like I, you know how we feel about Crawl on yeah. this channel. Crawl's in my top ten. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely in my top something. Uh, it's I love that movie, and I've been showing everyone that movie, yeah. and they all enjoy I've it. I've been going crazy and with it's it. it's so <laughs> lean and perfect. Um, but the only other one that I could really think of, and I'm sure I'm forgetting, well, so there's Sweetheart, which just came out, which is very good that people should see. I watched Sweetheart. I didn't love it. Yeah. I didn't love it. I liked it. I thought it was solid. Yeah. But I feel like there, it it was one of those things where it it was so hyped up Mm -hmm. that, I don't know. I was like, maybe my expectations were too high in that one. Yeah, that's the danger. It came out of nowhere for me. So I like, I was floored by it. And I think it's, she's very good. One of the most resourcefully directed movies I've seen in quite some time. Mm -hmm. He's clearly very well, very, very well directed with nothing and constantly giving new levels. And, um, I really liked it. But, like, aside from that, the only one I could really think of that... Because um, Sweetheart, I, I adore that movie, but I don't know if it'd make it on my top whatever mm-hmm. list. I, maybe it would. Krampus. Ah. Creature, creature. Creature, creature. Yeah, that's, that's... I mean, I guess there's an argument to be made for that, but I'm talking more like these survival, like, Jawsy-type yeah, yeah. movies. Like, real animals. Well, not necessarily. 
Because Sweetheart's not a real animal. And Attack the Block, which is what I was going to say. Attack the Block's on my list. Yes. It's on my list. It's so good. And when I uh, when I got to talk to John Boyega for The Rise of Skywalker, yeah. the first thing that I said to him was I had to tell him about the Attack the Block poster that still hangs in my, de- in my apartment from when the movie had an event at New York Comic Con so many years ago. Wow. But I really, like, I adore that movie. And uh, Joe Cornish is great. Yeah. As much as I want Joe Cornish to make another genre movie, did you ever watch The Kid Who Would Be King? I did. It's quite it, delightful. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, I feel like he didn't get enough credit for that, which upsets me because then you don't tee up a third feature quickly enough. Yeah. I just, I hope he's got something brewing right now. Because he I, deserves it. I do as well. I'd like, I mean, there's no reason he shouldn't be handed the keys to something. Yeah. He's more than proven his competence behind a camera. I was just surprised. Especially with an action scene. I was surprised how yeah. much I really did love The Kid he Who Would Be King. He was in talks for shit, though, right? Like, I feel like he's been in talks for a lot of things. Yeah. I think he writes on a bunch of uh, high-profile things, too. Yeah, so, like, he's not... It's gonna happen one day. Yeah, but with Attack the Block, that's one of my favorite creature designs of the decade hands down those oh, aliens so and the good. way that they play in those action sequences so look simple. incredible yeah exactly sometimes simple is better and it's just like i don't know there's that that inky black is so powerful because mm-hmm. it's never used because it's like it's the absence of light right how do you shoot exactly that? but it's so the impactful. inky black and the way that that makes the eyes and the mouths pop it's it's freaky. It's it makes it scarier. It's really it makes good. it scarier sometimes when you can see less of something. Yes. We know that in horror, but uh, especially with you know, these creature features. Yeah, as, as Spielberg so elegantly taught us all those years. It is ago. it is very true. But I will always love that movie all on its own. It's another movie I could watch over and over again. I love the creature design, and I will also be thankful that it gave us John Boyega. Hell yeah, and also. One of the cool things for Boyega is how different the role of Moses is from everything else we've I seen know. him do. It his was whole like, image is like the complete opposite oh of God. his breakout role. It's why, I mean, really, if you just want to compare him to Finn, those are two yeah. complete opposite personalities. It's really something else. It shows off all of his range. And also not to, you know, uh, not to undersell that it starred Jodie Whittaker, who yes. became the... Doctor she's, Who. And she's the great Doctor in it. Who. Yeah. Mm. Hmm? An American. I said the Doctor Who. Oh. Um, but who became Doctor Who? I mean, like, that's it's a great movie with a lot of talent, is what I'm saying. It is. It is. That is a good one. And I would like more of those, please, because there were not nearly enough this decade. Not to jump into 2020, because we'll do this eventually, but I yeah. need to know, did you see the most recent trailer for Antlers? Because the only no. other the only other room in Rise of Skywalker where I ran <laughs> in and I said something completely unrelated was I was flipping out in front of Carrie Russell. I'm like, Nick Antosca, I'll watch anything he touches. Antlers look so cool. I'm freaking out. But anyway... That is, I guess, a creature feature, and the latest trailer showed us more creature than we had seen in previous trailers, and okay. I thought it played very, very well. I'm curious. The first, I don't know, I think I only saw one trailer, but the one that I saw was very, like, drama-heavy. Yeah. Which is, that's fine. I, I highly recommend watching the most drama. recent one, which is technically the final trailer, okay. and I think it's a good place to end. Um, I will check it out. I mean, I... Obviously, as I've said, I'm always here for creature features, and we don't have a lot of like that Wendigo type yeah. thing going on in cinema. So that would does be Pet cool. Cemetery count? Whether yeah, you're talking totally. about Wendigo or also uh, uh, Church? But what Evil Church? 
Evil church. I don't know. Does that count as a creature? Creature. I was like, like no, that's creature? not a Wendigo. Attacking stuff? <laughs> no, <laughs> totally but, like, but also, yes, you know, yes, yes. more yes. so the book gets into all that. Totally. Um, uh, yeah, but I would say that's more of a, like, I don't I don't like to be super, in my mind, I should finish my sentences. How about that for a podcast? I don't like to be super strict about how you define genres, but for me, uh, in my mind, that's more of, like, a domestic drama horror yeah. meets zombie no, horror. That makes sense. Um. What about alien stuff? We haven't really gotten much alien stuff. Minus, minus alien. I mean, I guess we did just talk about Attack the Block. Okay, yes. But I think that also needs to be a really big, like, I want more. Quiet Place. Yes, for sure. Totally. Um, that is an alien horror movie. But I want more, like. Cloverfield? Um, like, meaner. Oh. <laughs> like, alien. Like, I want, like. Like mean, terrifying, like uh, Quiet Places for Children. I'm sorry. It's like a PG-13 movie. It's fine. It's not that intense and it's not that mean. It's emotional. Yeah. I want some okay. scary shit. So I I guess I would say so like Cloverfield or like Alien. Uh, like Alien, yes. Cloverfield okay. I think is also pretty, um, I adore Cloverfield, but I think it's pretty tame. When Lizzie Kaplan's head explodes. Okay, that's the only scene where I'm this like, is messed that's up. what I'm talking about. That was about. messed up. That's, I, that, uh, I mean, 2008, so it doesn't apply, no, but, but uh, that is just should always be one, of my, one of my all-time favorite horror <laughs> scenes. I love that whole movie. But yeah, I want, I want like Alien and like, I guess I just, so like we have seen um, a decent amount of tech horror coming up in this, as you would expect. I like tech horror. Um, but I'd like to see more like tech horror in space. I have a little tech horror on this list. What you got? VHS two. Oh yes. Yep. I uh, I'm I'm obsessed with that movie. Yes, Particularly you are. the third segment, Safe Haven, which I think so is so good. I apply the masterpiece term to that. I think whether you're talking about shorts or features, that is one of the best pieces of horror content we have seen, not just in the last decade, but ever. But I feel like VHS2 more so than the first and definitely more so than viral really does use the tech in it very, very well. Every single segment in that I think is at a certain level or above. So VHS2 is definitely in my best of the decade. I like it a lot. I I really do enjoy all of those segments and I can see what you mean. And like, you can feel that the construct of the film was, I feel considered more maybe Mm -hmm. in the second film. Admittedly, the wraparound component in that still isn't the strongest element. So I, I don't know if I would take, that blueprint and say that they started to nail it a little more, but the, the, the four that they paired together and it's just like, all four really use technology in an yeah. interesting way, whether it's like as, you know, adult documentarians or children uh, being using uh, a handheld camera or, you know, the eye technology or even just the fact that everybody straps a GoPro onto themselves while they go do stuff and you get that yes. and ride in the park. Which is delightful. Yeah. And you, you seriously, it makes yeah. you think, though, you never know. Like, you think you're going to video a cool thing, yeah. but then zombies could pop up out of nowhere. Totally. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, for me, like, the, I mean, so kind of the reigning king of tech horror has to be Black Mirror, mm-hmm. right? But for me, without a doubt, if I was going to try to finagle past the is television cinema debate and just wait well, right Well, Bandersnatch in, technically is. Is it or is it a game? What is um, it, Perry? Who knows? Well, what award ceremony did it recently get a nomination? I, think, I, I don't let. I mean, whatever field that was. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm I'm just, you know, that's all arbitrary anyway, what's cinema, what's not. But yeah. if I were to just ignore all of that discourse and go ahead and pluck one out for a movie, uh, Black Mirror, White Christmas, I think, is one of the best, it is one of the best horror movies there. of the last decade. Um, shit, what's the B one called? You know how I feel about bees. You just sent Bandersnatch. Oh, not the letter B. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the B yeah, yeah. episode. Hated in the Nation? Is that was it? it? No, Wait, maybe or it's is not. He, I was actually going to say Hated in the Nation too, but I believe that's the first episode. With the pig. <laughs> is that? Isn't that the national anthem? Oh, no, that's the national anthem. Yeah. I think you're right. Then it is Hated in the Nation. I, I can't. I think it is. I'm Googling. This. I'm Googling. But anyway, bees. You know how I feel about bees. So <laughs> yes. there, there, was, def, there yeah. was definitely something about pairing... One of the things that I'm truly the most afraid of in my everyday life, a bee with horror technology that really just yeah. like messed with my brain. It is that. I mean, we talked about this on the last episode. We did a Black Mirror. It is hated in the nation because hated in the nation makes sense with the story. Yeah. Um, we have reached a point where like it is a little bit like, yeah, I know it sucks. It sucks to be on Twitter. I know. Uh, so, like, the stories are losing a little bit of their impact for me. Did you see what was in the news today that really freaked me out? What? Um, where uh, parents had just installed one of those little cameras in their kids' rooms, and a hacker hacked into it, Ew. and voice, like, spoke to the kid as though that person was Santa Claus. Oh, that's that such a... might have been one of the most disturbing, like, throwaway-type stories that were aired on local news recently. Such a good setup for a horror movie, but, like, instead of it's... Santa Claus, what if they were talking to it like they were God, and then they convinced this kid to do horrible things? Oh, my God, Haley, I can't handle it. That's a great idea, <laughs> yes. but that is... I was surprised how upset that story made me, and watching that footage is so eerie. That's so eerie. Terrible. They, and they, like... You know I leave the TV on for Dewey most of the time. Yeah. But they kept airing it this morning. Oh, like I should have just <laughs> shut it off, but they kept playing it. And it was really freaking me out. That's horrifying. Okay. There still is, there's still gas in the tank yet on tech horror. Because that's one of the scarier yeah. things I've heard I'm lately. surprised we haven't seen someone use those cameras in a more inventive way on screen. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so before we leave behind tech, well, I guess this is an extension of it. I do want a single upgrade, which was oh my god, phenomenal. yeah, um, that needs to be in the conversation. But like something that kind of is tech adjacent, but certainly didn't survive this decade the way it did the last one is found footage that kind of really waned out after a while. Um, I mean, you know, technically VHS two is found footage, so we can put that in the oh, mix. It's still but in the mix, but it is not a force the way it used to be. No one, no one used it creatively anymore. At a yeah. point, it was it was rinse, wash, repeat, and see that I, I don't really understand that because found footage can evolve as as society evolves, as technology that you have your hands on evolves. I feel like. Uh, there was more potential, untapped potential there. And, you know, who knows? We do have another Paranormal Activity movie coming out. Maybe yeah. they'll they'll go into that a little more. Well, see, I mean, it's definitely, it's in the mix, but it tends to be in the mix earlier in the decade. So, like, yeah. I would I would throw in, in my top 100 or arbitrary number, um, Paranormal Activity 3, which yeah. I think is... A, I think 1, 2, and 3 are great. Genuinely scary movie. Yeah. Uh, the first two didn't. I don't think they're bad. They just didn't do anything for mm -hmm. me. It was like very calm the whole movie. When that one made see, me anxious. When did you see Paranormal Activity? Like at what point when? in its run? Because remember, it didn't have a traditional release where it was like the hype was building and building and oh, building. I didn't even and see finally, it in theaters. 
I wonder if that was part of it because I had seen it before. It's why I released it. One of those very early screenings had never seen anything yeah. like it before. And like, I, I was freaked out. I just don't think that for me, it's so curious um, because generally the movies that do scare me and like give me nightmares are paranormal films. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think for me uh, that the found footage format works with the paranormal for me because it like Blair Witch did jack shit for me too when that came out. All right. Uh, Whereas the films that I, so like, um, Paranormal Activity 3 being the exception, which I thought was really well shot yeah. with that um, revolving camera. Oh, yes. That that was the gimmick that totally got me. And then, yeah. like, every time I was like, really? Am I going to get scared again on the same it, it, freaking it's, move? It's so smart. It's, it's so, so smart good. the way it plays into the era that the movie takes yeah. place in. But also, I mean... It's basically applying the found footage idea to a very familiar camera trick where something pops up at, yeah. like, you know it's creeping around the co- Or if you're going down a dark hallway, this is something using a practical prop in the space and having that same thing happen. And it's like you can't do anything about it. I think that's what gets me is that camera is going to go back that way whether you want it to or not. See, the, the baby version of that to me was the first paranormal, yeah. was the time lapse and just sitting in a static shot and like frantically examining that frame for yeah. when the thing was going to happen. And it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily have nightmares at night. No movie really keeps me up like mm-hmm. that. But with Paranormal Activity, the one thing that I was like a little like freaked by is I just remember laying in bed at night, looking out into the hallway, just waiting for the, the bathroom light to magically flip <laughs> out. Like that's the kind of thing that got caught in my head from that movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've thought about this a lot because there is something about the paranormal aspect on found footage. that does not work as well for me. Whereas like I, as we discussed, I freaking love Cloverfield. Yeah. Um, Something we haven't mentioned, but that I think is an excellent use of found footage are the creep films. I love both one and two. I thought for a little while about including the creep movies on my list. They're really good. They're really good. And, and I somehow Mark think Duplass is like too good in them. He is horrifying. Yeah. But you still kind of want to hang out with him, but also run really fast. I don't, he's Did incredible. you see Corporate Animals? Not yet. All right. When do you do? What should talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but also it's something I find really impressive about those films. And I do, I adore them both. Yeah. Is that Creep 2 should not work because you already know the gimmick, right? And it The does. jig is up. But it they, does. They found a way to he's make it so, work. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Desiree (laughs) she is amazing she made the bisexual on Hulu Um, I knew how to pronounce her name for a little while like off the top of my head without reading it yeah that's what spelling it didn't help me at all it's the it's it's D-E-S-I-R-E-E or something well it's Desiree but it's uh, it's just that when I read it I still uh, don't know how to say it is what I'm saying Akavan um Akavan I can, I, I'm sorry, Desiree, but you were an excellent actress and a really good writer. Yeah. Because um, I know you listen Desiree to the show all the time. Akavan. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but they were great together, and I, it's, I don't know. That shouldn't work, but it really did. It definitely does. There's, I, I want another. 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 Smash. Um, <laughs> well, oh, like another, another trend? Another. Well, it's, yes. oh, here's another thing, because we were talking like, Found footage died out a little bit. Like, uh-huh. it definitely slowed down. I would say the same for these. Whereas, like, torture porn, I feel like, completely disappeared. Like, that's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Um, the love for ones. For now. It's got torture porn but vibes. It, that was even a holdover from the previous decade because it came out in 2009 Tis overseas. True. Tis true. Um, but 
I would say that not on that level, but on the found footage level where it's like, it's still out there, but you won't see as much. Yeah. Um, vampires, zombies, and teen horror. Like, teen horror, where did teen horror go? And when they do make them, they're just not succeeding. Yeah, we might have a, a teen horror-ish movie coming out. There's, I mean, they happen. No, like this weekend. Sh- isn't that college? Oh, I guess college. It's, co- it's college, college, but yeah. the PG-13 thing. Yeah, like it yeah, makes yeah. it appropriate for teen audiences. Oh, I see you know what I mean? mean? Yeah. Because, like, immediately when you said teen horror, one of the first things that came to mind was Prom Night, that remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking, no, I see what you mean, and you're not wrong. I was thinking more like movies focused on teenagers. Um, there just aren't that many. And so, like, when there are, you see something like, what was that one? You know, you know what? That we had a, just the best time with that wasn't good, but we were so happy. Wish Upon? Yes. <laughs> so there's Wish Upon, and there are things like that, but they just never take off. Yeah. But Wish Upon wasn't because it was good. No, but we had a wonderful no, we time. No, did. we did. <laughs> that was because it was like one stupid decision after we kept open that fucking box. Just got Sorry, open it. Um, I was going to say something else as you were... You know, okay, so you know why I think that's happening. I think it's because the, um, the coming of age Stranger Things 80s vibe has taken over. And I think Ooh. that's pushed teen horror out. I like where that. Where it's like those are so edgy that we don't have room for that anymore. So we're going more like Amblin now. Yeah. And that's what I think it is. It's interesting. And even something like Halloween did have the teen element. element. <laughs> I will sleep I love eventually, I promise. <laughs> um, but the most successful element was the family and Lori. Yeah. It was not the teenagers. Yep. Um, so it's an interesting, like, that just is not popping right now. And I like your take on why. Yeah. I think that is it. Um, I think we all pretty much know what happened with zombies and vampires that's not a really a mystery there were titles that were too popular that drained this genre yeah. it's juice for a minute i mean except maybe one of the best of the decade is probably what we do in the shadows yes which, oh there are outliers yeah, one which, one of my favorites would be into, train to busan oh yeah train to Busan's a great example i think it's just they're definitely died down but there's still creative opportunities out there that some are tapping into yeah. but not enough anymore well, and it seems to be like in both of those, um, for something to succeed, it had to get weird with it. So, like, we've talked at length about how zombie movies got real touchy feely this decade. And the apocalypse got weird, yeah. Oh, I love Anna and yeah. the apocalypse. Um, but also on the vampire side, like, you, you single out what we do in the shadows. Brilliant. Uh, also, um, why, why did it just leap right the hell out of my brain like a little tiny frog that I hate? Um, oh, that's adorable. What's it called? Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so these, okay. like, they can still embrace the genre, but they can't do, like, the the thing. That I feel like there was something sense. very recently where it wasn't necessarily, like, promoted as vampire, but it was something with drinking blood, and oh. that's the same of the same thing. Well, there's a really, really good one that nobody saw called The Transfiguration that's depressing as hell. Oh, I'm not going to watch that but then. it's real good. <laughs> I'll take a pass. It's, not like, it's the holidays. <laughs> I don't need to get depressed right now. <laughs> yeah, maybe watch it in like February. I don't know. But it's really good. Yeah. And it's about um, sort of just like the people who are left behind by society and uh, takes place in the projects. And it's a young boy who loses his mother and uh, suffers trauma from that and starts to think he might be a vampire. And the, the movie really leaves it up to you as to whether he's going through a vampire transfiguration, huh. as yeah, it's yeah. called, 
or if he's going fucking crazy. Oops, now I did it. Oh, well, <laughs> whatever. We need a, th- a third to round it out. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I snuck one in earlier. Uh, the movie that I was thinking of, by the way, is Dr. Sleep and the True Knot. That's the oh. last thing we discussed where they're not flat yes. out called vampires, but technically they are they're, kind yes. of vampires. Of a sort. Steam. Steam instead of blood, yes. you know what I mean? Soul-sucking yeah. child murderers. Let's get a, a True Not movie. I'm not going to stop talking about that. I don't <laughs> I care how little yeah. money Dr. Sleep made. Make that shit. I want it. Sunk. Do you see um, any of these these creatures making a resurgence in the decade? Absolutely. All of them. I guess I you just need one cycles. massive hit and then all of a sudden. I think that vampires are not going anywhere as they have not gone for hundreds of years. They'll go in and out of fashion yeah. as they always have. Some Anne Rice will come along to revitalize them in a new fashion um, be it on screen or in books or mm-hmm. whatever, there's always a new take on them. It's Anne Rice, it's Buffy, it's Twilight. It's, you know, you may not like all of them, but there's always somebody who brings in a new generation. Yeah. Um, I think the same is true of zombies. I don't think that we'll see zombies become a force in cinema again the way they were in the early 2000s until The Walking Dead is off the air, probably. I think The Walking Dead in yeah. particular. Actually, I was going to say it sucked the life out of that whole genre, yeah. TV or film, but... I keep hearing from people that that show has gotten so much better. And as tempted as I am to jump back in and catch back up, yeah. like I was burned for so long and I was so exhausted by it. It's very difficult to get just, me to press play again. I don't think I'm ever going to do it. I'll watch yeah. an episode. Yeah. Sometimes I'll chill with my mom. She still loves it. I'll watch an episode. I'm okay. like, yep, that's the show. Still the show. Yeah. Um, and I think I've tapped out on that show. I do think, yes, I think all of them will come back except maybe torture porn i don't know if that's that was like a limited time offer sort mm. of based on our um our international relations at that oh, time. i mean that we are getting another saw movie from chris rock i'm so curious i'm fascinated I by that. So i don't know curious. what that's gonna be but jigsaw didn't do much for the industry and didn't do much for revitalizing uh torture porn so yeah. who knows maybe they'll put a, a fresh spin on this new one that'll bring it all back I hope so. I hope they make it a detective story again, which is what made the first one work so well. Is essentially it was a noir with flourishes of ultraviolence. Mm. That that made the first one work well, but yeah. then that the whole detective angle just spiraled so wildly out of control. I completely oh. lost it with that. I only like the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So and I the do. second one's I. I do kind of like the second. Yeah, it's I kind of like the second, and admittedly, I like the fifth. All right, I don't hate the fifth. Yeah, <laughs> there are moments. Um, <laughs> I. Do we want to hit any other trends? I'm trying to think if there's anything I've forgotten. I feel like those. Oh yes, that I knew there was something that was right here because we kept bringing up examples. Horror comedies had a massive decade. Yes, and in the apocalypse, very, what we do in the shadows. Very good call. Mentioned. Yes, um, but also ones that I love: the Final Girls, One Cut of the Dead. Mm. The Final Girls is so good. <laughs> She's adjusting her list. Yes, it's one of my absolute I'll figure favorites. Figure out where it goes after. Absolute. Damn, favorites. I can't believe I forgot to put that on the list. Final Girls is great. Adore that film. Adore it. Cabin in the Woods falls into Cabin that, in that uh, category. Uh, Cabin in the Woods is 100% on my list. It's just, I don't know. I think it's great for a million reasons, but one of the things that excites me about it most is that it's also a movie that celebrates genre. Yes. And when you love genre like this as much as we do, that's infectious. Yes, I, I love that movie. And it's like someone recently asked me, uh, you know, what movies you would recommend to horror naysayers, someone that's like, oh, it's the same crap over and over, just jump scares and cheap stuff. I think that I might recommend to someone who has that mentality a cabin in the woods because, one, it's a great movie all on its own that can stand on its own two feet with very clever storytelling, but because so many different subgenres are represented in it, 
maybe that could then lead that person to explore others as well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Hopeful thing. I would recommend that they shut their rude mouths, but (laughs) that's just me. Um, I, but I really do think it's been a special time for horror comedies and uh, I hope that that continues because it's like, Oh, midsummer. I consider. Yes. Very sorry. TV. I have to. Oh, it's fine. Um, TV also existed and, and I think was very, very important in helping horror become yeah. mainstream. Something like The Walking Dead or American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Without those two, yeah. I don't think horror reaches the audience it did in this decade. Speaking of Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2013 is on my list. I like it a lot. I really, really, really love that movie. That is the most beautiful gore I've seen all decade. It's intense. It's it's wild. It's so intense. It's like I have watched that movie more times than I can count. But when you still get to those gory set pieces, I still am like, no, like no way. Yes, no, no. Like, I know every freaking time. I really do. I like the, the stuff. So I, like I could go on and on. The stuff in the kitchen. The stuff with the top. Like I I freak out every single time I watch it. I can't remember. Like this is the thing. When I try to remember my first time watching it, because I was freaking out so hard, I think I combined like multiple scenes in my head uh, into being just one massive freak out. Because <laughs> I'll be like, the part with this thing, and then when this happened, I'm like, no, those are completely different scenes yeah. in the film. But I just was on like this level the whole movie. I'll I'll never forget it because I saw that at it's South by premiere like the the crowd was electric I got to meet Bruce Campbell on that trip nice. for the first time and I just I really fell head over heels for that movie it was also one of my very first uh, DVD box art quotes oh. and I was like I don't know that's just, I know sometimes we roll our eyes at pull quotes and stuff but like when you get a pull quote on a box for a movie that you really care about and you would put on a best of the decade list, it was so <laughs> special. And, and Fede Alvarez and Jane Levy signed it for me once. And oh, it's still, cool. it hangs on my wall. And you know, my Nana likes horror movies, but my Nana has that box because it has my name on it, like sitting on a shelf in her house. <laughs> it's like Aww. the love of Evil Dead is all over the place. I would like to see him do something different. Um, I didn't care for his second film, but I hope he makes another good horror movie because I really like Evil Dead. Um, um, which what, what movie didn't you care for? The other one he made, Don't Breathe, or yeah, yes, oh really? Yeah, I don't like that movie. Oh, uh, Don't Breathe was was borderline in the mix here too. I really love Don't Breathe too. I thought you were t- talking maybe about Girl in the Spider's Web. <laughs> I forgot. About yeah, that. yeah. No, that's that's why I got a little confused. <laughs> no, I, I'm fine with that movie. I don't really have a feeling on it either way. But I, I don't like Don't Breathe. Um, the craft is good, but I found it appalling. Okay. Uh, it upset me in some visceral ways, and not in the way you want horror movies to upset you. Like I don't need to go to therapy afterwards. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Should I name drop some of these other titles? Yes, here? I feel like we're gonna have to rush through. Yeah, we are chatty little well, ladies. One, one in particular that I really want to shout out here is Sinister. So oh, yes. when I, you know, it's very difficult for a movie to really like creep me out to the point that I take it home with me. Paranormal Activity did do that. Yeah. Then the next movie after that to achieve the same was Sinister. Those, those tapes, that's, They're some very of the, upsetting. that's some of the most effed up horror movie stuff that I've seen in the decade, no doubt. But also, you know, the idea that if you see Bagul, like he'll come for you, like the image of Bagul practically conjures it. So I was on Twitter and I think it was Scott Derrickson. He was doing like a giveaway with trivia and stuff. And I won and I got a signed poster mm-hmm. of Sinister from Scott, signed by Scott Derrickson and also Jason Blum. And when it came in the mail, I was almost a little nervous to put it 
it on because it has Bagulin blood on it. So, I mean, obviously it's on my wall, but (laughs) it's like the thought crossed my mind. Well, also, we should not talk about the decade without pointing out the importance of Blumhouse and what they did for the genre and launched the careers of so many uh, genre filmmakers from Scott Derrickson. Well, not launched. He did um, a very good But it, it, you know, gave gave them a bigger platform than they might have had before. And and is hugely responsible, uh, I think, in part for just as much as The Conjuring for that sort of James Wanification. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Uh, they they are the purge. Like, that that's their franchise, and they have so many others. Well, and Insidious, I don't don't know that The Conjuring happens without Insidious, to be there as sort of his calling card as a ghost Insidious Insidious is definitely on my list also. Insidious, I mean, you know, like, tiptoe through the tulips was never the same (laughs) ever again. And mostly, I do like the stuff when you go into the further in the third act of Insidious, but just the craftsmanship and the use of of score and stingers and just, like, the dropping out of sound in the beginning of that movie is so perfect. And when you see the red-faced demon for the first time... There you go. Right there is one of the best frames of the decade. I love that stuff. That's good. It's really good. It's um, that James Wan. He's got something. He really does. <laughs> I he would really, say, really does. Um, for me, this is going to come as a surprise to zero people, but something I enjoyed seeing happen and I would like to see more of. Can I? Can I? Dance horror. <laughs> That's very specific, but Damn. yes. Uh, witches. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No, uh, that makes sense too. Yeah. Suspiria, <laughs> the witch, the love witch, all three in my favorites. Yeah. Uh, the craft next year. Next yes. year. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, Speaking of which, you know who's on a future episode of Ladies Night? Hmm. Michelle Monaghan. Oh, nice. I'm going to try to ask about it. She'll probably shoot me down, but it's okay. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> As do um, I. I'm excited for for that though, and I I'll agree with you on that. I think uh, if the quality of witch movies hits something like a Suspiria, give me more of them. Yes, or The Witch. Oh, my God, I love The Witch. The Witch is... Both of those. Like, in the vague bubble of my mind would be in my vague top 10. Both of those films are just spectacular. The Witch is probably in my top 20. Oh, The Witch. Stunning. It is quite good. Um, Um, I also have It Follows on my list. That's another one where I think, uh, in particular, visual craftsmanship is truly masterful that's another one with one of my favorite uh scores of the decade as well but when you look at i mean you can even isolate it to the very beginning of that when it's got that rotating camera i mean it just it creates such intense dread and suspense without doing much at all yeah i don't get that movie is my thing like i think it's really well made but it doesn't do anything for me okay um, but it's it's a well-made film, and I appreciate it, and the score is very good. Yeah. Um, it is definitely one that would be like if, if I were to actually ever publish a top 100 list, it'd be the one in the comments that's like, where's it? Probably oh, just stupid okay, bitch, because okay. oh, it just bye. wouldn't be there. <laughs> um, I would say one other, like, also, I just want to name these movies, but... Um, so I feel like in the last decade, we had a really, like, a lot of popular... Um, foreign films, but they all seem to be like part of a popular foreign movement. So there was like New Korean extremity, French, uh, New French extremism. Um, whereas I feel like um, not just in foreign films, but across the board, like there's a lot of like a tour horror. I mean, this could be tied into that like A24 effect mm-hmm. type thing. But like when I think about, you know, raw and terrified oh and God. the wailing. Um, so remember what I, I said beginning uh, at the beginning of the episode about not many newer movies being on my list. Yeah. I struggled with Raw for a little while. Raw. raw, Raw came very, very close to to getting a spot. 
It's interesting. All my like the ones that I'm most passionate about seem to have come out in the years that you're not including on your list. I, I'm just like, I feel like because I apply that mentality to my top of 2019, it's like that took all of the immediacy juice mm. out of my brain for my decade list. And I don't know. I just like, like just, I can't believe when I look back at these things and I think about how few of my favorites I rewatch, you yeah. know? I, got, I just got caught up in that maybe a little too much when putting together this list now. For me, it's just like I feel that um, in the last three years, storytelling has really gotten to a place that is is extremely in my sphere. So something like Suspiria or Annihilation or Raw or um, all these movies that really connected with me in a not just an entertainment way mm-hmm. in a like deeply personal way. Oh, yeah. Seem to have come out in these last years. I think we're years. getting thoughtful horror more so than yeah. we ever have. But... To, just to name two recent things that are on the list, 2017, I do have the first It movie. Oh, nice. And it's 2018, delightful. I have Get Out. Yes. But um, can I throw out one really random one yeah. that you're not going to expect? Yes. The Crazies. I love The Crazies. I love it. I think that is yeah. easily one of the best remakes, not even just in the horror genre, but one of the best remakes we've pretty much ever seen. Yeah. I think it's so good. That's one of those movies where I can watch it over and over and over and just like get my same thrill out of it every single time. I love that cast too. I mean, Timothy Oliphant, he can do anything, but I feel like, you know, him with Rada Mitchell and Daniel Panabaker, they, they all just came together so well. And just the whole, I mean, the, the building of dread at the beginning of that movie is so effective. And that's one of my favorite parts of any kind of disaster type movie or a zombie type movie is that beginning where you're first realizing what's going on and Breck Eisner just runs with it. I really like that movie. I, um, it's funny and I'm not surprised to have Googled it and found that it came out in 2010 because yeah. I think my brain always lumps it in with the previous decade. It feels huh. like the previous decade. Right at the beginning. Um, also one of the best trailers, go watch the Crazies trailer. Okay. It is Easily one of the best ones ever put out. This movie feels to me um, like a sort of the best version of the films that were inspired by the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, okay. Uh, like a, a sort of tailwind of that that trend in filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and I do. I love it. I also... Timothy Oliphant, I have to echo that. I just can't not oh, repeat his name. Oh, and I'm forgetting uh, Joe Anderson. He's the he was, fourth. He was excellent. And he's great. He's yes. great. Oh, my God. And speaking, this is, okay, I'm going to do a little, like, six degrees of Kevin Bacon here to tee up our next episode yeah. or one of our next episodes. Um, so you guys know we're really excited about Erlinger's Into the Dark yes. episode. We're going to have him here, and we're going to have him talking about it, but we're going to, I believe, are we having him paired with the director? It's not confirmed Okay, yet. not confirmed yet, but let's just play it anyway to we're tee up hoping. the future. So we would like to have the director <laughs> of the episode in as well, and it just so happens that director directed The Ruins, yeah. Carter, which was, which was starring Joe Anderson. So it's like, yes. it was all meant to be. Carter, and come on we in. We love the ruins. Yeah, we no, both we do. Love the ruins. I'm obsessed with the ruins. So when I told my mom that uh, that Carter might come on the episode, she's like, "You have to tell him it's my favorite movie." <laughs> I'm dead serious, though. That's intense. I know. That's isn't a choice, it? isn't it? Um, I feel like the only one I have not mentioned that I will kick myself forever would be "I Saw the Devil," which mm. I am just head over heels in love with, and um, is is one of the best film endings I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Um, rarely have I been so satisfied. I would say it's up there with Whiplash in terms of just like, yes, that's how you end a movie. 
I have not seen it oh. since my first viewing, and I barely remember. Oh, it's it's really something, and I it's not for everyone because it's fucking yeah. dark. Yeah, it is dark and it is mean. Um, but I love. What it. year was that? Ooh, my, I want to say like 2012. Yeah, let's find out. Because I feel like it was was it during my Tribeca years? Because I think it premiered there. <laughs> like <laughs> you just. Oh no! It was also 2010. 2010. It was. A, it was definitely. Wait, wait. Can you keep looking? Did it premiere Tribeca? I don't know. I can find out. I saw the devil Tribeca. If I can type, I think it might have. The suspense is killing me. I don't know, Does my brain still work? Do I have memories? Tribeca. I don't know. It's not showing up. Okay, wait. Keep talking. I can find it. Okay. What What have I not discussed on my? Ooh, I know. We had two fun topics that I wanted to hit before we head off, which is um, one of is so like we saw Steven Soderbergh do this decade. I had other examples that I kind of forgot. No, I'm wrong. Not Tribeca. Well, it premiered at a lot of it played at a lot of other festivals, uh, specifically Toronto is on the list. Sundance is on the list, but not Tribeca. I don't know what I'm thinking about then. Well, shit. Something with devil in the title. I wouldn't remember that. That really narrows it down ago. for you. Huh? Yeah, it's <laughs> a couple of those. But so like uh, like we saw with Steven Soderbergh, like we saw with Luca Guadagnino, like we saw with David Gordon Green. Mm-hmm. Who would you like to see try their hand at horror in the next decade? I thought about this when you when you warned me about it, yes. and now my names have completely gone out of my head. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait! Give me like point two seconds, and I'll okay. think of something. Um, well, I can or, say- I'll, or I'll remember the person that I wanted to bring <laughs> out that I was all excited about. Maybe my number one uh, would be P.T. Anderson. It just feels like Ooh. it needs to happen. Ooh, okay. I I need that movie. For some reason right now, I'm thinking about the reverse. I feel a little more strongly about Ari Aster, like, getting his fingers in every other genre. Like, I want to yeah. see an Ari Aster, like, I don't know, like, family comedy or something. I would love to see that. I think or it like would be very a, funny. Or an Ari Aster Marvel movie. You know, like, I just want him to be in every genre where you wouldn't think he would be. I don't know if I want to see an Ari Aster Marvel movie, but I do want to see him. I want to see an Ari Aster musical. I want to see him do anything that's really uh, technically demanding. Um, so I'm looking at some of my favorite movies of this year. This is where I was coming up yeah. with names that I should have written down and didn't. But um, one of the first ones that really stuck out to me was Greta Gerwig. I don't that's know. She just She just brings such, like, like, texture and cast chemistry to all of her movies that mm-hmm. I think that would uh, would make for a very rich horror story if she found one that really spoke to her. Um, again, I'll bring up Antlers. I am very excited that Scott Cooper is jumping into horror. That's something we will get in the, in the immediate future. Um, right now, other than that, I mean, Trey Edward Schultz has already been in horror, but I'll yes. always welcome him back with open <laughs> arms because I love It Comes at Night. I would like to see, um, especially <gasps> after Nocturnal Animals, Tom Ford do oh. something real I spooky. I loved Nocturnal Animals. And it's dark. I and know, it's I know. It's violent and gruesome, but it's just on the other side of horror, and I want him to see, go I all the way. I think I have my answer for mm. this. Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah. Because Ryan Johnson can do anything. Yeah. And I feel like... You know, even though sometimes certain ideas may cross over, all of his movies are so different. Yeah. I feel like he would seamlessly transition into horror. I, I thought about that one, too. I, I want to see him make every genre, frankly. Yeah, just so I, I like what he brings to genre. I also, and so these two come with like a caveat because they do make psychological horror mm-hmm. movies, but I want to see them make like a 
full on like what? No, an idea came to my my mind and then I wanted to not cut you off. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I like physically held myself back. um, So Lynn Ramsey and David Fincher, who I think make some of the best psychological horror movies on the market, I would like to see them like, so I'll always forever be devastated that we're not getting David Fincher's World War Z 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to see them go full genre. No, I would like to see that too. The idea that did just pop in my mind, I don't mean to do a shameless plug again, but so, you know, Karen Gillan also directs. She's directed one feature, but during our interview, you could watch this, the, her talking about this in full. It's very hilarious. Uh, when she was a kid making movies, she was making slasher movies. Oh, that's cool. And she was the slasher in her movie. I found it to be very funny, but uh, if she makes a second feature she seems very in tune with mm. genre and specifically slasher movies which i think we need more of especially original slasher mm. movies so i would love to see her try her hand at that interesting i haven't yeah. seen her film so i can't speak to that <laughs> so, but i do like her it's it's so dark it's so dark and serious <laughs> and i don't know why i made this assumption it's called uh, the party's just beginning and for whatever like i did no research on what the movie was actually about i only knew that she directed it and for some reason i jumped in like oh this is gonna be a party comedy and nope not that huh. but uh the fact that she made such like a, a bold movie for her first feature. I'm very impressed. And she clearly has a handle on the directing skill set overall. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm yeah. excited for her. Nice. And there was one more question I wanted to ask. Please. Because I think these films deserve recognition. Although yours is a little different because you did come around on it. But the movie you hated watching but that stayed under your skin. Like I have two movies that I don't like and I never want to watch them again. But... I cannot deny that they thoroughly got under my skin and were effective as horror movies. Admittedly, for, so the first two that come to mind are, are two of your favorites. It's Asperia and Climax. Yes. Like those are the most recent experiences I had with something like that. I have that more with non-horror movies. Mm. I have that more with like really sad real life things yeah, it's like like broken have you ever seen broken circle breakdown no it sounds that, like something i'd never watched. it's from it's from the director who did beautiful boy it is it is a deeply upsetting movie like i cried almost the whole time yeah. but it is so well done and i listen to the music from that i still to this day listen to that but i have that more with those yeah because it's like honestly even though there's a bit in climax that makes me very upset and uncomfortable i've Rewatched it. Yeah, yeah. You tend to come around and enjoy them. Yeah. I know you were saying like um, your your famous example being the invitation. Oh yeah, yeah. But now you love that movie. Yeah. I I still hate these movies. Or I hate no. is a strong. I don't hate them, but I don't want them in my life. See, but it's like even though I walked out of both Suspiria and saying climax and seeing climax and saying you know those were great, but they weren't for me. I like yeah. I didn't hate them. Right. I don't think I've ever, except for the invitation. I don't think I've ever had a situation where I've walked out of something saying like I hated that, and then all of a sudden grew to appreciate it. And re- really, I think the invitation is one of the few horror examples I can yeah. think of. I again, not saying I appreciate these yeah. movies. I'm saying <clears throat> they did their job well, okay. which is mother. Yeah, absolutely unacceptable. um i i think i'm still having anxiety attack from that movie again i didn't i didn't hate it but i I don't know i wasn't that into it either so the thing about mother is i grew up very religious so i got it like way too soon and i was like yes the bible no i i understand you're doing the bible Mm. and then there was like another hour and a half of him being like do you get that i'm doing the bible and it was very off-putting to me um and also, it is a film that's entirely a panic attack, and I don't 
enjoy that personally. Yep. I like I still think about that fucking sink. Get off the sink. Like it. Yeah. (laughs) So that film did its job very well, but I don't like it. And the other one would be um, the house that Jack built. Oh, yeah. One of the Uh, most unpleasant viewing experiences I've ever had. I I never saw it. I don't I don't have any interest in watching that. (sighs) It is unpleasant. Yeah. And it did stick with me. And I never want to see it again. Given some of his other work yes. and its effect on me, I can understand, which is why I respectfully passed on that movie. I will respectfully decline. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, though, about the emotions. There's a movie called BPM that came out, I think, two oh, years ago. Yeah, I'm aware of it. That That's a similar, like, emotional terrorism I don't need in my life. It, it was one of those things where it's, I, because it was an awards consideration yeah. that year, I, like, ran up to the line, and then I'm like, nope, I'm going <laughs> to not do that to myself right now. It's one that I had to, like... Being in the Queer Critics Guild, I was like, you have to, or association, I don't know why I always say guild, like we're fancier than we are. Um, but I like, I had to watch it because it was such a powerful queer movie that year. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I, I didn't enjoy doing it, but it was a beautiful film. Okay. Yeah. That I, I never want to see again. Yeah, I know. Which is, and like hearing you describe it that way is yeah. reinforcing that it might have been at that time a better decision for me <laughs> not, not to give it a go. It is, it is, that is emotional horror. Just like, yeah. kick your ass. All right. <sighs> <sighs> horror <laughs> in all shapes and sizes um i guess that's it i guess we've, we've gone it. way over but what are, what are you gonna do with the best of the decade it's episode a lot of movies it was a, a cool way to have that conversation I'm too so thank you for planning out all those those questions and themes that, oh, that made for a really it. fun a fun way to go about it thank you I'm but we, I'm, I'm assuming we are going back to like the regular format for our best of 2019, which is right around the corner. Probably. We'll um, see what, right. what I throw in, what curveballs I throw in. I'm all for a Haley curveball. We talked about our favorites of the year so much. I would hate to just repeat ourselves. Fair point. Um, all right. Also, we didn't bring up Scream 4, which, you know, oh, what yeah. needs to happen. I would also say the guest needs to be mentioned. The guest is great. Um, I would even throw in your next. I enjoy your next very much, but I prefer the guest. Okay. Uh, no, so do I. So do I. The Endless I would need to mention. I'm Overlord. just like, what did I mess up? Overlord needs yeah. to be mentioned. The Neon Demon for me needs to be mentioned. <clears throat> Cold Hell. Gerald's Game. There's so many. Gerald's Game is a good one. Uh, Revenge. 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 Tigers Are Not Afraid, which you Tigers mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, but not in the context of Best yes. of the Decade. I'm surprised we didn't hear Halloween from you. That I mean, that was one of those those 2018 releases where, like, I I feel strongly about it, but I'm I'm hesitant to say best of the decade until yeah. I get a little further removed from it. But I still, Fair. being a year removed from the first viewing of it, I still really really love that movie. I would. So I don't know. I I probably oh, would include it. Uh, Cheap thrills. Cheap thrills. Sorry, I saw it there. Both of these stuck for me. And ready, oh, ready or, not or not is one I would say I need more time with, but that I absolutely oh, you have the adore. loved ones. I lights do. out. Yes, lights, lights out. out is great. Aren't there so many we missed? Excision, I think, is really special keep and scrolling, weird. Keep scrolling. Fright night. I yeah, love Fright, Fright night. Good. Oh, the sacrament messed me up forever. Oh, uh, sacrament. I'm. Yeah. Oh, mayhem. It made I me feel like I, icky at the end. I don't know. It it is icky. That's what I mean. It messed me up forever. Yeah. Maybe that's another one in that category of like I never need to see that again. Maybe. Um. I'd probably watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love I'll, mayhem. I'll talk to you, Jane Doe. Yes. I really love that movie. I like it a lot. I love Brian Cox. <laughs> yes, I do He's love so Brian good. Cox. Oh, here's my weird one. Joel Hunter. Nobody likes it but me. No one lives into it. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I like I'm it. I'm not really that into it, but oh. I am into Troll Hunter. And Housebound. And Housebound. Housebound, Eyes of My Mother. 
There's so many, guys. It's been such a good... Uh, oh, stop. Wait, 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 I'm never going to stop if you keep scrolling. <laughs> okay. Okay. It has to stop. See, this oh, is why... You, you have Southbound there, too. I so Southbound yeah. was very good. Wait, um, wait. Just one more line. One more one line. More, one more line. Uh, Hansel Courage. and Gretel Witch Hunters. Sorry. No, don't be sorry about that. <laughs> it comes at night. It comes at night. Okay. Mama, I think, is underrated. Shit. Oh, keep We're going. We're never going to leave. Is that as above, so below? Okay, so... I was grossly disappointed with that movie. It is one that I consider underrated and need to revisit yeah. because I don't know how I feel about it now, like, six years later. Okay, yeah. I, um, I, I mean, I, granted, I haven't revisited it since yeah. seeing it for the first time and not liking it, so... I enjoyed I it and was like, why are people so mean yeah. to this? But I do need a rewatch. I don't know if I was, I was like hated it so much to be mean but i I was just disappointed yeah because i was very excited for that and then it fell flat um we we probably should go before we we get kicked out of the studio but uh demon cold hell creepy keep going keep going while we're saying goodbye (laughs) all right Uh, bye (laughs) Haley. where can everybody find you on the internets uh you can find me on twitter at Haley fetch you can find me on instagram at haystack mcgroovy and i am at pnemeroff on twitter and instagram i hope you enjoyed this episode of the witching hour please like add us on twitter and tell us about your favorite horror movies of the decade we want to hear about it and also we still have more episodes of 2019 to come and so much fun stuff already on the books for 2020 you guys have no idea but that's the end of this episode you have officially survived the witching hour Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.